stuff. Welcome to episode 120 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and you have found the show where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I talk to Matt Reef from Razor and Tie Records. And what you're hearing right now is a brand new record from Razor and Tie called Lulapop Lullabies. And it's taking some of the hottest hits of the last couple of years and putting them into lullaby form. And that, of course, was Hotline Bling, one of the great songs, question mark, or certainly one of the songs that was in all of our ears and on all of our radios in the last couple of years by Drake, of course. And since this is episode 120 and the four plus one countdowns come on the fives, This is a very special 4 plus 1 because Matt was instrumental in helping Kids Bop turn into the global brand that it is today. So I thought to myself, how can can this have anything to do with anything? And then I realized, well, we listen to a ton of Kids Bop in my family. So obviously, this week's 4 plus 1 is going to be the top 4 Kids Bop songs of all time plus my favorite Kids Bop song of all time. That's, that's, That's exciting. That's really... Yes, that is exciting. And if you like that little sample of Hotline Bling that you just heard, stay tuned all the way to the end because I'm going to play the full Lullapop Lullabies version of Hotline Bling. Thanks for listening. Of course, if you need to reach me, you can find me at GoodStuffPod on all of the social media except for Snapchat because I'm a dad and I don't do Snapchat. But Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, for sure. You can also email me, Mike at GoodStuffPod.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you at the end of the show. Here is four plus one, and then Matt Reef from Razor and Tie. It's a very special four plus one. The top four songs of all time from Kids Bop that we've listened to in my car all the time, plus my favorite Kids Bop song that we've ever listened to. Coming in at number four is Thunder. Feel the thunder, the lightning and the thunder. Coming in at number three is Look What You Made Me Do. Look What You Made Me Do. Coming in at number two is Hey Mama, but not the Black Eyed Peas version of Hey Mama. A different hey mama. Hey mama. Banging the drum like down daddy day. I like the dancey rhythm you play. I wanna hear you calling my name like Hey mama, mama, hey mama, mama. Banging the drum like down daddy day. I like the dancey rhythm you play. I wanna hear you calling my name like Hey mama, mama. And number one is a song called Rude. 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 
And now, instead of a plus one, my favorite all-time Kids Bop song is Bad Blood. Is it is it a coincidence that there's two Taylor Swift songs by Kids Bop on this 4 plus 1 countdown? Or is it just an example of my truth and my family's truth that we love Tay-Tay? I don't know. I really have no idea. Bad Blood. Baby, now we got bad blood. You know we used to be mad love. So take a look what you've done. Cause baby, now we got bad blood. Now we got problems. And I don't think we can solve them. So take a look what you've done. And baby, now we got bad blood. Did you have to do this? Of course, you can find all of this amazing music on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or go to the Kids Bop website. Thank you to the producers and creators and singers of Kids Bop for making this music palatable for the adults and kids that truly love it. Here's a little bit more of Bad Blood. Good stuff. It's awesome to welcome Matt Reef from Razor and Tie Records to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you, Matt? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for having me. Totally. It is, uh, it is my pleasure. So you, uh, you, you work at a record label. Like, you're living the dream. How did, uh, how did you get to this, to this point? You work at Razor and Tie, which is like a pretty fairly well-known uh, New York label, right? And how, how did you get there? How did, this, how did this come to be? Tell me so I can do it myself. Sure. So like I would imagine most people working in the music industry, I, I wanted to be a rock star at some point in my life. Realized it wasn't the best career move and uh, ended up majoring in finance and minoring in music, always knowing that I, I think I wanted to work in the music industry at some point. So uh, I've been doing this for 15 years now. Started out uh, stints at EMI Records and prior to my job here, worked at Sony for RCA Records. Um, so I was kind of kind of been doing this my whole career. Um, and it's not until I came to Razor and Tie where I started to work in kind of a much wider genre of music, um, everything from hard rock and metal to Broadway to kids music. And right. uh, it's been actually really exciting and great. Yeah. Were you, uh, are you a mus- musician yourself? Sure. I dabble a little. <laughs> Grew up playing piano and things like that. Um, I'm certainly not going professional anytime soon. Well, that, that is a great answer. Like, sure. Like, you know, why not? <laughs> so, yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so, but it's cool. I mean, I think this is an interesting, an interesting note for, um, for kids and parents who may be listening is that like, you can take this love that you have for something and you can still be in the, the business that you want to be in, but it might be a, a different kind of route, you know, like, taking this other set of skills you have, like obviously you're, you're going to be talented with numbers and things like that, but also being able to apply that to the field that you love, which is music. Yeah, I, that's exactly it. I mean, I love still being able to work in a creative field and work on projects where I, you know, I have input and I can help guide these projects that I get to work on. You know, I, I'm involved in, um, you know, creating albums and creating videos and having a say about how are we marketing these records to our consumers, which which is really interesting. You know, I went to school for business and I'm actually applying things that I've learned and things that I've gained over the years um, 
to my job, which is which is pretty awesome. And, and you know, I would imagine I'm one of not too many people that say they kind of love going to work every day. Um, and when people ask me now what I do and I say I work in kids' music, you know, they think it's crazy, but it's it's really fun. Like, yeah. what a fun thing to do. And uh, what's really cool about it is that, you know, every day and every year, you know, there's new fans coming around. And so you're constantly having to market to a new generation of kids. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you like Pearl Jam and you're going to follow them forever. You know, it's not like that with kids' music. And so... <sighs> we're constantly honing like our marketing skills and things like that to, you know, how do we reach today's consumer? Cause it's different than, you know, the consumer five years ago. Right. Right. And, and I think that a way it's like the true, the true example, and we're going to get to a few examples, but you've been sort of in, intimately involved with the kids bop records for the last several years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the coolest parts about working at Razor and Tie is getting to work on kids bop, which you know, has been kind of one of the most successful children's music brands for for 15 years. Um, you know, started by our two co-founders, Cliff Chenfeld and Craig Balsam, and started when they had kids thinking, you know, there's, there's really nothing great for my kids, and started this amazing brand 15 years ago. And, and here we are, uh, Kids Bop 37 just came out last week, and uh. I've been working on it since I think Kids Bop 14 uh-huh. So that's how I time myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's been amazing, you know, to work on, you know, what's the number one children's music brand is, is pretty awesome. Right. And, and like, so I am a veteran to the kids bop scene. Um, I got into it around, um, let's see, uh, whenever the kids bop version of Bad Blood came out, the Taylor Swift one, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago. But, you know, my kids love it. And um, I appreciate it because it, it actually sort of keeps me in the loop with what's happening musically. You mentioned Pearl Jam. So, like, I'm not on this endless loop of, like, even flow, Animal, and the song uh, Breathe from mm-hmm. the single soundtrack, which are, like, three of the best songs of all time. But it sort of <laughs> clues me in as someone who works with kids and has kids myself as to what's going on in the uh, in the music industry. And they're, they're, like, the progression, like, you can hear the progression. If you go back even to, like, probably Kids Bop 14 to now, like, the production's better, the musicality is better, like, it sounds even more true to the, um, the original song. I'm sure mm-hmm. that's all, like, on purpose, but what are those meetings like? Like, how do you choose the songs? How do you make it so it's, you know, true to what it is, but also true to the kids bop version? I mean, it's a sort of a big question, but would love to hear. I I think, you know, the main thing we're trying to do is, is what you just said, you know, put together music that parents and kids can enjoy that parents don't need to worry about whether or not it's safe or not safe. You know, this is number one, first priority is family friendly music. Right. Um, you know, we, we talk to teachers all the time. We want them to be able to play it in the classroom and not have to worry about it. Um, and yeah, like why wouldn't, why shouldn't the production value be as good as possible? We want it to be a great product that kids and families, um, enjoy and parents feel good putting on for their kids. And, and that's sort of the, the learning we took into, um, lullapop lullabies. You know, we felt really Mm -hmm. strongly that, why shouldn't there be really great quality lullaby music that parents can feel like, oh, these are the songs I know and love and have it, you know, something for, for kids that that sounds great and, um, you know, kind of taking all the learnings from all the children's products we've worked on over the years and, and try a new genre, a new kind of different age group that we haven't really have, haven't tapped into before. Um, right. And I know, you know, personally speaking, I have two kids. Um, six and four 
uh-huh. and you know their prime kids bop age, and I put on Lullaby album at night when it's like you know what let's calm down a little bit let's relax, and I can't put on nursery rhyme music for them they're too old for that but right. this I can do because they feel like oh wait I know these songs these are the cool songs they're just kind of different instrumental versions. Um, and that's kind of the idea behind it. Yeah, and and I I, don't, I want to make one point about the 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 lullapop lullabies before we and we'll get back to it again. But one thing that I liked about that this record is you know there are others who are doing like lullaby versions of like X or Y, right? But what I liked mm-hmm. about this particular record it is it was not overly um, instrumental, like orchestrated, I guess, like it was pretty straightforward. Like there's a guitar and I think there's some glockenspiel and things in that. But in addition to like having simple orchestration, um, it, it sort of held onto the edge of some of the songs. Like it didn't, yeah, it didn't we actually, soften that. Is that on purpose? Sure. We actually went through quite a few versions before we came out with something we were happy with, you know, uh-huh. at one point every song was harpsichord or something, you know, and we were like, Oh, that, that doesn't really give the right sound. And so we went through quite a few versions before we came up with something that we felt kind of paid homage to each song while still sounding great. Um, because that's important. You want to be able to recognize the song still. Right. Um, and it's actually funny, you know, we play games with, you know, our other parent friends, we put on a song and, you know, guess what track this is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, so it still has to sound great. You know, people right. still want to play music if, if they can't enjoy it too. Right, absolutely. So, um, yeah, and I, I just want to skip back to one of the things you, two things you said about Kids Bop. One was that you can put it on and it's safe for the kids to listen to and it's safe for, um, you know, for the classroom. So, because one, one of the songs that I like discovered through kids, and I'm sure you get this a lot, but like a, a song, and I don't, I, I think it's called Hey Mama. Um, not the Black Eyed Peas one, but um, and uh, and I listen to it with my kids. I'm like, oh, this is great! Like these big drums, like it's so fun. And and then I like, luckily the kids were not in the car, and I put on the original version. I could, I was like, oh my god, thank goodness for kids, Bob, because if I put this on for my kids, I would have some explaining to do. So it does like, if you put some of these things back to back, some of the songs, um, it. Uh, it really like it can be mind-boggling. So um, yeah, <laughs> we talk about that all the time. That 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 moment you talk about in the car where you put on pop music for your kids and then you have to quickly reach for the volume button yeah. and turn it down. Right. And that's the that's the aha moment that everybody. Oh, now now yeah. I totally get kids pop and I understand its place in the world. You know yeah. because you want to be able to listen to great music with your kids and and you know it's funny you said Pearl Jam before I said uh-huh. Pearl Jam before. You know, you can listen to music like that because you don't really have to worry about the context as much and the words as much. But, you know, kids love pop music. Right. Um, you know, and it's, as much as you want to guide them to a certain type of music or something, you know, kids love these songs. It's pop right. music for a reason. And so you might as well have something for them that you don't have to worry about, right? Right, right. Yeah, my kids don't really engage with this idea of like, hey, do you think that Jeff Ament plays a fretless bass on this song? Or what do you think? Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not really into that nuance, weirdly. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that there were some learnings that you, you, you've gleaned, right? Like things that you've picked up along the way. And, and this is a, maybe can, can be considered a little bit inside baseball, but I do think it's like a general lesson that parents and kids can can learn like as you put out this music like you there are things that you've learned what are some of the some of those kinds of things well we've been really lucky over the years to work with a lot of different great artists and projects so you know not only kids bop and 
this Lollipop Lullabies album, but we work with Lori Berkner, who's amazing, right. and The Wiggles, and Big Block Sing Song, and Storybots, and, you know, working with a variety of kind of really great children's music products, you, you know, you learn what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, one of the biggest things is kind of the age differentiation. You know, what a, what a two-year-old is not what a four-year-old wants to listen to, and what a four-year-old is not what a five-year-old. You know, every year it's drastically different in terms of what they want to engage in and what kind of music they want to listen to. And, and, you know, I think that makes a big difference that I think a lot of people miss sometimes is really kind of age gating the different areas because it's really quite different. You know, like my kids love Lori Berkner and uh -huh. I love Lori Berkner, right. but at some point, you know, they just kind of grow out of it. Um, and so, you know, we, we work a lot, you know, in the music industry this, these days is so streaming focused. And so, when you have a playlist of music, you know, being really conscious of, you know, the Lori Berkners and the the Wiggles content is not probably going to fit necessarily with the kids bop and tween Disney stuff. Um, right. So little things like that. And just in terms of how do you, you know, how do you market a kid's product to parents? You know, mm -hmm. we're not selling the Nerf gun or anything like that. Right. So, right. um, you know, over the years about how do you market to parents and let them know that there's a new children's product out there and things like that. So those are the things that every day we come in and try to figure out, well, what's, you know, what's new in the world? What are we doing? You know, how is the Amazon Echo transformed how kids listen to music and things mm -hmm. like that? Right. Well, so that's an interesting, I was going to ask like the, um, how the industry has changed a little bit from, you know, physically buying the CDs or even going on iTunes and buying the CDs to like the idea of, of streaming and how do you make sure that your message gets out there, right? Like I know that's a big marketing thing, but as someone who doesn't have an Amazon Echo or have like a Google Home or Apple just announced the HomePod thing today, like how has that changed how you approach stuff? I think it's just kind of changed in terms of, you know, what's interesting to us is the average age of a parent in this country is like 28, 29 years old. Mm -hmm. So we're not marketing to, you know, a 40 year old who knows buying CDs. We're marketing to millennials mm -hmm. who streaming is how they listen to music. And it's really more about, you know, you use Spotify to listen to your music. Well, kids music is also there. You know, you can listen to, there's a ton of great kids music out there on these services for you to explore as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been really interesting. And, and you know, I know I have a, a Google Home and an Echo in my house. And the really interesting thing is, you know, previously the kids had to ask to play music and then you had to take out your phone or get the stereo or, you know, do all these steps. My kids listen to more music than ever because they could just walk up to the Echo and say, Alexa, play Lori Berkner. Alexa, play Kids Bop. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't need to wait for the parent to enjoy the music they want to hear. Now, they constantly fight about who wants to hear what, but, you know, they're listening to more music than ever, which is, which is pretty awesome. Right. And, and figuring out how all that works from, for you all as a record label, too. I mean, I do think that Amazon and Google should give us a little bit of kickback for how much we're talking about them right now <laughs> <laughs> as far as these things go. So... Um, Okay, so I have a, let's let's talk about this new project, um, the Lullapop Lullabies, which came out in November. Uh, or no, it's actually I believe it came out digitally, but today, January twenty sixth, today is the physical out. release date, so you can go on Amazon right now and buy the CD. Amazing, right? right? Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Um, so, how, tell me about your um, your role in this project. 
I mean, my role is really part of the team that kind of thought about the idea. Um, we've been toying with the idea for a while, and we finally were able to kind of just execute the idea. Um, you know, we have a we have an amazing team of people here that work in our office, and we all contribute in different ways. And um, you know, we're finally able to put this together. It's been a while in the making. You know, like I said, figuring out what type of instrumentals, what's the track listing sound like. Um, how many tracks, what are we trying to accomplish? And, you know, like you were saying, what differentiates this project, I think, from other lullaby records is that it's current pop songs. So the mm -hmm. songs on the track list, you know, it's the Justin Bieber's, it's, you know, Desposito and Shape of You and Can't Stop the Feeling. These are mm -hmm. current pop songs. And so the idea is, well, let's put out another one in a few months that has the pop songs of six months from now and, mm -hmm. and constantly keeping it current while keeping a really high production value. And like I said, we're really, you know, our thinking is aiming it towards the millennial parent. It's, it's, you know, it's almost like we put together a great playlist for you of lullaby music you'd want to put on for your kid. And instead yeah. of having to go through and find all the songs, it's sort of like we put this great compilation together for you, you know, just to make it easy. Um, you know, and the other interesting thing is we think there's also space in the market, you know, that's, this isn't just lullaby music for, for babies that, you know, is there a place in a yoga studio for this, or mm -hmm. is this studying music? Um, you know, so I think we'll kind of see where that goes. Yeah, totally. I was going to say like, I've, I could put this on at work easily. Um, you know, so, so what's the, like, <laughs> I, I want to ask this and you can feel free to say no comment, but in the meeting, when you're deciding the track list, like, which song is the one that is is the most uh, controversial? That was the hardest to either to push through onto the onto the list, or people were concerned about it. I mean, if I had to guess, it's probably um, just looking at the "Watch Me Whip" or "Nene." It, it was either like impossible to get that one on, or it was a no brainer. Well, what's nice about an instrumental only lullaby album is that you don't really have to worry about the lyrics so much, right? So is it, is it a good song? Is it a popular song? Um, let's do it. You know, it was actually a little easier to do this track list than probably for other children's projects that we would work on because uh -huh. there's no lyrics and you don't have to worry about language or innuendo and things like that. Yeah. It's really just about really good pop songs. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, okay. Well said. Well answered. Okay. So, um, so this record's out today and it's available in all the, the places that people get music um so i guess like do your kids your personal kids so i have a four-year-old and a six-year-old and um you know full full disclosure my uh my four-year-old's favorite song right now is um sufjan stevens tanya harding song i don't know if you've heard that mm. or if you... <laughs> no i haven't i feel like it's beautiful and brilliant but like my six-year-old loves like you know we went through the the troll soundtrack time and we had a sia phase and all these things um what what do your kids like what do your personal kids what are they into and how d does that influence like something that you want on this record my kids listen to a lot of kids bop uh -huh. which you know partially has to do with what their dad does for a living um <laughs> they, they listen to a lot of stuff you know, we've also gone through the trolls phase and the frozen phase uh -huh. um there's a lot of different music played in my house because of the echo i think you know my wife loves 90s hip-hop uh -huh. and i love <laughs> classic rock and they want to listen to Lori berkner sometimes and kids bop sometimes and so there there's quite a few things happening um 
all, all the time. But I, I, it's funny because like when we're doing kind of before bedtime playtime, I'll sneak on this Lollipop Lullabies record. I don't really tell them that I'm putting it on. I just kind of put it on in the background. Uh-huh. Nobody complains. <laughs> it sort of like just goes with the flow, which has been a really interesting kind of experiment in my household. Yeah. You know, it's like, let's, let's do calm down music now. And I just sort of like put this on as a test. Right? Yeah. I, everything I work on, I always play at home as a test. And so far, it's passed their test, which is kind of nice. That's awesome. That's great. So I imagine that there's some, you, I think you said that there's some, some other Lullapop kind of projects in the works. And, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not pushing for spoilers or anything. I'm just excited to hear that that's happening. So, um, Matt, how can, we, how can we keep up with what Razor and Ty are doing from a kids' music perspective? And, and what's the best way to, to get this music? I mean, we mentioned it's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music, if there's another, you know, physically purchasing the CDs. Um, but basically, how do we follow you, either you personally or Razor and Tie as a company and keep up with what's going on? Sure, sure. So, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all those things. This is a pretty new line. So we're just getting all those socials up and running for Lollipop Lullabies. Um, but yeah, go on Amazon, go on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, whatever service you use, it's going to be there. Um, you know, and our goal is to, if, you know, as we look to put out more records in the future to, to kind of reach back out to our consumer to let them know that there's new music out there waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you go on Spotify and, and search for Kids Bop, we have some really great children's playlists that we curate um, mm-hmm. for all different age groups. And you'll find lots of lullapop lullabies on there as well. And we're always adding new tracks to those playlists, uh, both on Spotify and Apple Music, where we're curating playlists. So if you want to follow along and look for really great children's music, um, just search for the Kids Bop profiles and, and you'll see it all there. Nice. Um, so one, one last note. I, um, so obviously I, like, I listened to this record and you know, I think you mentioned you, you were in a Trolls phase. I was definitely in a Trolls phase and I did not need to hear Can't Stop the Feeling again. However, when I was listening to it today, my like, music nerdy ear, like, you can hear it so much clearer. Like It's a lot less cluttered musically. And I was like, man, that's Justin Timberlake. Like, that's kind of genius what he's doing in there. So I appreciated the, uh, the ability to hear these songs in a different and fresh way and a way that was not totally um, annoying and, in fact, actually quite pleasant. So, Matt, I want to thank you for everything you've done for kids' music from Kids Bop to this latest record. And it was awesome to talk to you and hear a little bit about what you do. Thanks so much. I will be sure to pass along those kind words to our producer and engineer. I'm sure they'll be super glad to hear it. Yeah, totally. Please do. Tell them that they're saving people. (laughs) Literally saving people. All right, Matt. Take care. Pretty fascinating conversation. Pretty cool to hear how these things come to be. Um, Went in a direction I wasn't really expecting, like the Amazon Alexa stuff and what will be, you know, the Apple HomePod stuff and the Google Home, whatever they call that. I don't know. Sorry, Google. But just the way that people are consuming music and kids are consuming music. And it was really interesting. And uh, Matt's done a lot to really make kids' music a different kind of thing more palatable thing a thing that's thoughtful and taking some of the stuff that might be a little bit risque and making it okay for families to listen to together so thank you to matt and thank you to elizabeth waldman frazier for hooking me and matt up and of course you can find all of the old episodes at www.goodstuffpod.com and now here is hotline bling from the lullapop lullabies record in its entirety check it out (laughs) 